Hello and welcome to Who Are You? This is Babylon 5 Watchcast, hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who have gotten to know each other while we're watching a classic show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafer. And I'm Laura. And you really put some, like, put a little pizzazz on that, on that intro, yeah. <laughs> I almost said steak, but I was like, it wasn't stanky. It was, like, <laughs> good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take it, hey. Yeah. You just After, really feel uh, it today. I like it. We uh we recorded with Scott from Gray Seventeen for the last episode last week, mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. had made comments about my radio voice, and I guess I've been processing that in the background for the last week. You're just like I really have to up this game now. Yeah, right. I feel called out. So if I'm gonna get called out for radio voice, then I'm gonna work on that radio voice. <laughs> very nice, very nice. <laughs> well, I want to hear your radio voice. Tell me a little bit about. The one. So this is the bit that we do that we ask each other, like, what is what is your the one about mm-hmm. different things? Yeah, we so. spend some time getting to know each other on big stuff. And now we're trying to spend some more time getting to each other on small stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to know, Jafer, mm-hmm. what is the one object? And I'm going to limit this. Can't yeah. be your phone. Can't be the computer. Can't be the TV. And by phone, I'm also extending that to like tablet devices that you use most in your day. I'm going to go ahead and discount the PlayStation as well. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I do occasionally. I split my time between PC and console gaming when I do game. Uh So the thing that is probably the most consistent for me, especially since last six or seven years is my notebook mm-hmm. and i you've seen it i've held it up on camera because it's yeah. i use my notebook for pod notes but i also take all my woodworking notes in there um whenever i make a new recipe it goes in one of these notebooks and wow you write yours down that's so responsible <laughs> i do when it's something that i don't do it while i'm making it most of the time uh-huh. I will do it after if it was just like, I need to write this down. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times that's going to be things where I like baked or because mm-hmm. that's a little bit more particular. I've written down all my baking recipes, all my brewing recipes. The ones that require real science. <laughs> yes. Things that require <laughs> real science and consistency more than anything else. Like if my... Thai red curry pineapple dinner is not consistent from one week to the next. Mm -hmm. I am not losing any sleep over that. But when I'm doing something like a batch of mead that I'm going to age for three or four years before I'm drinking it, I want to make sure that it's going to be of a similar profile to my previous batch or something different entirely, you know, uh, if that's what I'm going for. But if I'm going, if I'm making you know, like my spiced apple mead, then I want my spiced apple mead to taste like my spiced apple mead. Yeah, okay. So when consistency matters, I write it all down. And when fine measurement matters, I write it all down. I wish I had a habit like that. I picked it up six yeah. years ago. And yeah. all of so my there's notebooks... Hope. There's hope. <laughs> all of my notebooks have a date on the top. Oh, I specifically I see that. Yeah. buy ones that you can put the date on them. And all of my notes are chronological, not organized by topic. Okay. Uh, And then I put the subject on top. And so I have 
all of my notebooks from the last six years sitting on my bookcase. I do can you go refer back. back to them often. I for sure do. Oh yeah. Okay. I have referred back to old pod notes to remember a character's name or remember yeah. a scene. You got to do that here. Yeah. Recipes. I will go back to. I've got old D and D campaign notes and stuff in there too. Uh, so I will go back and refer to that stuff if I'm trying to remember what a character did or something, or we're in a different game and someone makes a reference. I want to be able to like pull the actual note that I gave a player out or something, you know, like mm-hmm. all of those things live in my notebooks. Hmm. You've given me something to aspire to. Well, that's cool. How about you? What's the one <laughs> object? Okay. Well, this is not nearly as like intellectual, but so I, I have this bad habit of I tend to buy of certain things, the cheapest option, right? Okay. Because I have a habit of just forgetting stuff places or not being responsible with my things and losing them. It's just like the absent-minded trait that runs on my father's side of the family. So mm-hmm. I there are certain things I just don't spend up, right? Because I know I'm going to lose it. Yeah. But... I have made a few exceptions, and I'm really proud of how I've been able to hold on to some of the exceptions. I got myself a nice steel double-walled tumbler of the, uh, I hate to shout out a brand, but the Yeti brand. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've had one of these, but it actually keeps your ice cold through the whole day. Oh, nice. Um, And, you know, I've been, I obviously, for medical reasons, had to drink a lot of water all the time for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and still do. And so actually having like cold water on my on hand during the day has been just a real lifesaver for me. I have one here at home and one that lives at work to reduce my like likelihood of losing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the transit that's the problem. Transit yeah. from one place to another is dangerous. Do you leave for things me. on top of the car? I've yes, I've done that. Okay. <laughs> I have once. always found that bewildering, not because it yeah. doesn't make sense, but because I almost never put things on top of the car. It just seems yeah. like a bad place to put something. Well, especially right now when I'm going out to the car, I have my hands very full. So yeah. the top of the car is a convenient place to set something while I'm trying to secure something in the back seat yeah. or get okay. something to the yeah. side. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm but... at most carrying a watermelon. That's the most precious thing, right? <laughs> so I get that. Yeah, um, well, mine's about the size of a watermelon. She's like 12 pounds. I don't know how, how big's a watermelon these days. <laughs> <laughs> I do have an excellent leaving things on the roof of your car story, though. Oh, yeah? So this is a couple of years ago, and a friend of the pod, Chris, my former roommate, And I had gotten a last minute call for boys weekend. We're at this place. We're camping, bring a tent, pack it up, like fill up the car and go. You don't need to worry about food. You don't need to worry about liquor. Like everything's here for you. Mm -hmm. And we're just like, sweet. So we jump in the car, get stuff. We stop at Chris's parents' house very quickly for him to get a couple of things for his camping set that he had not moved to my house at that time. And while he's doing this, he leaves his vape on top of the car. Oh, <laughs> and this is a nice one. This is not this is not a pen. This is a like a hundred something dollar brick or something. I have no idea how much these things cost. Uh-huh. Um, it's something I've never been remotely interested in. But right, sure. his nice one, he leaves on top of the car. Right. And so we realize this after we pull out of his parents house. 
and we're just like, oh shit, right? So we stop uh-huh. in like a left turn lane, jump out of the car, check the road, drive back, check the part, you know, check all around. We don't see it, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And he's just yeah. like, it must have already got run over by a car so quick we just didn't have a chance to see it because there's so much traffic on this road. Uh huh. Okay. The vape is dead. Rest in peace, vape. <laughs> we drive. We make it about two and a half hours north before I have to stop for gas. Mm-hmm. And while we are stopped for gas, I'm looking at the roof of my car and I notice something weird kind of sticking in the top rails of my SUV. Uh-huh. And sure enough, it's the vape it's in the one vape. piece. We never checked the roof of the car to see if it was still there. That's hilarious. That's top tier. He still uses that thing. <laughs> it was hey. fu- it was perfectly fine. That's great. That's great. I've done the phone on the top of the car and it did not turn out so great. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this was pre-smartphone, but still. Yeah. Came out of my allowance. Let's call it that. <laughs> All right. So I have one more question I want to ask, and then we'll get on to this episode. Okay. If you could just suddenly be really good at a sport, what sport would you suddenly be really good at? And I don't think this is like, I want to take this out of the equation of making a ludicrous sum of money. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like you are not all of a sudden the best kicker in the NFL. You know? Yeah. Okay. That's that's a good point. I didn't even go that place with it, but <laughs> okay, I should have. The, I want to be at the money making place. No, just just like what would make my heart sing to be really good at. Just suddenly, you're really good at the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I would really, and I'm not sure what this says about me, but I would really enjoy being good at some sort of martial art or some sort of fighting sport. Like yeah, either like kickboxing. Or, like, fencing. I want to be really good at fighting somebody. (laughs) (laughs) All it takes is practice. Most people are very bad at it. Yeah. That's something, actually, I've thought about before. Like, you know, when I try to get into exercise, like, most exercise is Mm -hmm. super boring to me. Yeah. So I thought maybe I need to go, like, take boxing lessons or something and, you know, get to do the old TKO on it and learn a sport of martial arts. Ebu jiu-jitsu, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I think that's what I would want to do. What about you, if you could suddenly be good at any sport? I have recently picked up a new sport. Oh, Uh, do tell. So as part of my move to the other side of town, Mm -hmm. I'm now right by my aunt. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mom has many siblings. This is the youngest, and my mom is the oldest, is, is this the cool aunt? This is the cool aunt. This is this is the aunt I went to a Nine Inch Nails concert with. Like, <laughs> Oh, she is the cool aunt. Yeah. Yeah. She introduced me to like Peter Murphy and David Bowie and stuff. Like, she's the cool aunt. And so okay. we, my partner Beth and I, and then her partner and herself, obviously, have been playing pickleball together. I've heard of this thing. It's the, all the rage. Fastest sport in America. It's um, so hot right now. It is. <laughs> and so we've played a couple of times, and I am miserable. I have enough coordination to hit the ball most mm-hmm. of the time with the paddle. That's enough, like, sword bits that's carried over. But yeah, what sure. I am 
absolutely piss poor at is making sure that that ball goes anywhere useful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I would be Out of bounds all day, every day. I can't surf to save my life. It's just, it's bad. And my aunt is the young aunt, and I am among the older of the next generation of the family. Mm-hmm. But she is still a solid 15, 20 in between years older than me, not to dox anyone here. And so for her and her boyfriend of a similar age to just whoop my ass. Yeah. <laughs> it has not it has not been great. Beth is much better at it than I am. I am struggling along most of the time. So I would I would if I could just suddenly be good enough to keep up at pickleball. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, you're being a really good sport about it. <laughs> All right. Speaking of being a really good sport, you know who's mm-hmm. not a really good sport in this episode? Oh. President Clark. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say Garibaldi, but is it this episode that he's Oh, that might be. It's it's he's... this episode. It's the it's the series of episodes. He's, He's the resident bad sport in this season of Babylon 5. <laughs> yeah. But we got season four, episode 15, no surrender, no retreat. Never give up, never surrender. I was going to say, is this the episode that we make all the Galaxy Quest jokes? It has to This be. is where you have to do it, right? Yeah. We open on Sheridan making a entry in his diary. Dear Diary. President Clark sucks, and one day I'm going to fight him. Also, Delenn is so cool, I think I might like her. Like, like, like her. (laughs) I'll write more after gym class. I got to go to the bathroom and drop a white star off at Zaha Doom. Signed, Johnny S. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm calling it from now on. (laughs) I've been sitting on that joke looking for a way to make it work. Well, you sure did. You nailed it. (laughs) I love this opening, even though, you know, that that trope of the like diary entry is sprinkled throughout all of our sci fi shows, right? Yeah, everyone's got to keep a log. It's space. We got, yeah. What's space without a log? <laughs> the music in this opening, it's, it's very martial, and it yeah. just really grabs you and draws you in. Like, you know that we're about to do another big thing. Mm-hmm. It feels bigger than the Shadow War, even. It does. It's definitely more personal. Mm-hmm. Speaking of personal moments, uh-huh. Jakar sitting at the council meeting for the mm-hmm. first time since season two. Yeah, we finally get him back. Right. He's feeling feelings here. He for sure is. He sees Lando come in and kind of plays it off. And Sheridan applies some political pressure on the League and the Narn and the Centauri to cut off any treaties they have with Earth. And Jakar's just like, fuck it. All Earth gubs are bastards. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not forgotten the uh, non-aggression treaty with no. the Centauri. Nor should he. And he nor should he, yes. Sheridan requests no backup be provided to Earth, only send humanitarian aid. 
why the very name is racist. After theme, Marcus Baywatches out of space TSA into the war room. His jacket is so flowy. His hair is so flowy. Everything. He's flowy. (laughs) He's a flowy gentleman. And Mm -hmm. we support him in that endeavor. Yes, we do. We've seen this war room a bunch, and I've probably complained about this on pod. I don't know what it was about the framing of this shot, but how practical can that map of the galaxy be with Babylon 5 painted over it? Yeah, that's not really a useful map, is it? This is entirely decoration. Unless you can get that, like... You know, unless it's it's on some sort of screen and you can like make it translucent, Maybe. the Babylon Five part. Yeah, I would like to think that it's a big screen that updates with things because it's a a map and maps need to be updated. That's what makes them useful. Yeah, go figure, right? <laughs> but it's clearly painted on. But maybe it's just future high def painted map of the galaxy. That's just the aesthetic. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yes. We're running with it. Yeah, so Marcus has the hot goss on Proxima 3. Yep. They have been blockaded by mm-hmm. some Earth Force destroyers. We get name drops of the Heracles and the Pollux. Yes, lots of Greek names all over the class of destroyers. Yeah, I, this is when I as a child learned that Heracles and Hercules are two of the same thing. <laughs> like i guess heracles is the roman way of saying hercules so uh, didn't know that yeah kevin sorbo set the pronunciation to hercules in my mind in granite as it were (laughs) disappointed so uh sheridan wants to know which of these six destroyers are actually loyal to clark he suspects that not all of them might be willing to fire on civilian targets and uh-huh. wants to get some more deets before they get in there. But they know two already are the ones that fired on the uh, 10,000 civvies at the end of last episode. So, Yeah. So fuck them. So they got to go. We got to get rid of them at least. Mm-hmm. But hopefully some of these others might turn coat and uh, join Babylon yep. 5. Yep. They can give the rest a chance to surrender. But they uh, they can't hesitate. Once they're in, they're in. <laughs> Never give up. Never surrender. Oh, oh, shut up. We get a little lip service paid to remind us of the telepaths and cryo as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sheridan has an interest in them. Yeah. We don't know exactly what yet. This is one of those points where I was a little disappointed and I thought, man, it sure would have been nice to have seen Franklin like working on that somewhere in between just just a little bit of work like he's looking stuff up or he's yeah. like checking out the, the freezer tubes you know if we could have peppered that mm-hmm. in somewhere earlier but we're getting compressed for time i understand jms's problem here yeah i think I, and i'm it's probably somewhere and i just missed it or forgot about it but this episode takes place a couple weeks ago in our timeline Okay. Like, a lot of this stuff would run concurrently on Delenn's month-long trip to get to Mimbar, because it takes them forever to get there and back. Okay, sure. Um, so there's a bunch of time while all that's going on, where we may not even be at a point where Delenn has done the Drama King stuff yet with Naroon and the Circle yeah. of Fire. So it's hard to say, but yeah, it would have been nice, like, six or seven episodes ago 
to just tell, like right. had him working on one in the background and him just going, damn it, I can't get these telepaths and then just move on. Yeah. Never say anything. Yeah. Else or just like standing now. at the standing at the tubes, like looking forlorn because he can't make it work. <laughs> Sad doctor, you know, so- something to remind us before yeah. this that that's a thing. After this, Veer falls asleep at the wheel of bureaucracy. He has hella bedhead. Yeah. Did you check this? It's hilarious. His like what coif? I don't I don't know what yeah. you call it. Is like all over the place. It's very funny. Yeah, he's been having nightmares. Yes. Yes, he's been having nightmares about killing Kartasha. Yeah. He's still got a soul and a heart, you know. He's haunted. Yeah. Oh, I want to say something about Stephen first here. I think back at the yeah. beginning of the season, I had kind of noted that he seemed to have like changed shape, like he had lost some weight. And I noticed it yes. again here enough to like go Google Stephen first. And apparently yeah. at this time in his life, he had type two diabetes for a long time in his life. And like mm-hmm. around season three to season four, he had a scare where he almost had to have an amputation. And so he Yikes. dropped like 90 pounds trying to, you know, get healthier and manage that. And so apparently, you know, Stephen First was actually like a big advocate for like the American Diabetic Association and hmm. did a lot of good works around awareness and, and that. So ultimately, it was complications of that that he passed away. But I was like, man, I just I just wanted to note that he had a lot of good works around having that condition and. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't I didn't want it to be like body shamey that I said before that he'd lost a lot of weight. It was apparently a very serious medical event. And he managed that in a way that, you know, he was able to keep his limb and extend his own comfort. Good. Good for him. So, That's yeah. a ton of weight to lose. That's impressive. Yeah. It's not Especially an easy feat. back then. Yeah. Yeah. So... What a guy. He seems like a great guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, Garibaldi wakes him up here. He's looking for Orlando's help cutting fr- through some red tape. They talk about the dichotomy in following Lando and Sheridan. You know, Veer seems to think this is a pretty one-to-one thing. Uh-huh. Uh, they both have done bad things and been given the benefit of the doubt because of the lack of other options. And I would really like Veer to be more wrong here. but he's not even to the point of like we don't even know if the shadows have civilians like it's Uh just if you're a shadow you're automatically machiavellian supervillain because they just nuked Mm -hmm. their capital city so yeah you know how different is that than shelling the planet you know and like it's it's a slightly different scale, but not a massively different scale. Yeah, they the Vorlons and the Shadows in the show are really painted with that one note brush. Like mm-hmm. they're all some sort of mastermind with an agenda. And we don't hear anything about civvies, you know. Yeah, I think the Vorlons are more of a hive mind-ish kind of thing. Yeah, that, but, that's probably true. We get a, We get some vibes of that. Um, not a full-on like one consciousness, but 
kind of like uh, the changelings in DS9 where they kind of do both. Mm, um, was the vibe that I always got from them. And so that makes a little bit more sense for them. But part of the Shadows whole thing is the individual. So I would think that their society by default would breed non-combatants and people who were not interested in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Or are they just all individuals who all want to fight? Yeah. <laughs> Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> Alien in the truest sense. Yeah. Over in CNC, Ivanova and Corwin set the pilots out and established some basic security rules. New codes daily. Don't let anyone in behind you and badging in. Ivanova's sure. God. Mm-hmm. The standard stuff you see in a corporate video. Right, right. Trust Ivanova. Trust yourself. Mm-hmm. No one else. <laughs> Those are the rules. She says it better, though. <laughs> After a commercial, we learn some more of the plan here. Uh, some white stars do flybys on Earth and Mars to pull away some extra focus from being able to reinforce Proxima. Marcus gets some information on what destroyers may jump ship uh, before the resistance on the ground on Proxima just gets destroyed by the sounds of things. Yeah, that's sad. You feel terrible. Yep. Well, the fleet just has to wait in hyperspace. After this, man. Oh, man. Scene. The scene, man. Lando goes to see Jakar. Lando remarks that he's never been in here before. Uh, Jakar apologizes for the lack of chains. And Londo remarks that it does look like the set of a 90s R&B music video. It does look like Jakar has been shopping in Santa Fe. Did you see the (laughs) pillows on his couch? If you did not collect the pillows on his couch, listener, go look. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like how Malari comes in here ostensibly to like try to bridge some ground and kind of apologize and stuff and immediately insults his decor. (laughs) Such is his way. He thanks Jakar, even though he knows he doesn't want it. Uh, He understands that they will never be friends, but maybe they can work together for the mutual good of their worlds. Mm -hmm. Can they? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we know, we know the answer because we've seen the show, but can they? (laughs) Right. I mean, when one of you has actually tried to, I don't know, annihilate the other world, <laughs> like, yeah. can you really work together for the good of them? Is, is that a leopard that can change his shorts? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lando tells Jakar that the Centauri government is going to formally back Sheridan's revolution. Yeah. Uh, recognize them as the, the formal government, I guess, would be the, the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. He asks if Narn will do the same. Lando pours Jakar a drink. He does not accept his overtures. Yeah. He uh, pours that right back in the flask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, you know that Jakar has got to be feeling like, yeah, he wants to back Sheridan. Yeah. He wants to support him on this. But now Malari said he's going to do it. Yeah. It can't be Malari's <laughs> idea that they both do it. We can't be on the same side. Ew, gross. (laughs) Yeah. Last time we got tricked into this and I harumphed a whole lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sheridan goes to see the pilots to deliver the plan. 
Did you see the propaganda they had up in the 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 fighter bay for the pilots? Remind me what it was. I saw. I remember seeing a poster. There was a big poster in back that said Babylon Five, Earth's last best hope for freedom. Oh, so they've already got the propaganda machine of their own, like churn. Well, we knew that because they have the voice of the resistance or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're making posters too. Yeah, putting that print shop on the station, keeping them in work. Yeah. Make it's, them earn that it better be a union shop. That's all I'm saying. He uh, gives the details they have on the destroyers. Two have definitely fired on civilians. Two have gone to great lengths not to fire on civilians. And two they know oh, nothing about. Wild card, bitches! Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Sheridan has put the B-5 uh, shield on White Star 2. Oh, my gosh. As we get a really cool GoPro shot from the nose of a White Star uh, mm-hmm. as it's coming out of hyperspace. Yeah, to see this like clearly slapped on GIF <laughs> on our like nice assets of you know 3D computer modeling. We yeah. just slapped a GIF on it. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what resolution scaling is. I've never heard of vector art. We're just putting it on here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could tell that the budget was running a little thinner <laughs> at this point. Well, we know where the budget for this episode went because when they come out of hyperspace. None other than Captain Bob Kelso is waiting for <laughs> <Yes>. them. <laughs> he thinks that they can catch these white stars unawares. And then another group of white stars pops out. And Captain Kelso IDs the white stars as Sheridan's forces. Uh, they keep the destroyer group separated as not to expose their flank. Which would probably matter a lot with long ships. Yeah, those are really long and unwieldy. <laughs> yes. Uh, white stars are more flippy boxes that can uh-huh. kind of do everything from everywhere. And so things like flank flanking doesn't matter as much to them compared mm-hmm. to these big long boys that only have engines on one side and guns kind of on these sides. They're a lot more like a traditional wooden sailing vessel um, yeah. in terms of how they would have to fight. I'm seeing a lot of holes in this spaceship design where, you know, you can go anywhere. <laughs> you have the the X and the Y and the Z axis, you know. <laughs> They're very bad at the up down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Weird choice, Earth Force. Sheridan gets on the comms and starts a speech as another group of white stars pops out of hyperspace. He says that their bullshit's illegal and they're going to fuck them up over it if they don't acknowledge how much they fucked up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. Captain Edward McDougan, played by Richard Grant, a lifetime member of the That Guy Club, responds. Yeah, so many good ones this episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sheridan and Mackie talk it out. Of course he was the ethics professor at the Academy. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> Why would you even go here if you're the, well, you know. He doesn't have all the information that we have, but I was like, why would you even go if you were the ethics professor? Like, I think you go because <laughs> you're the ethics professor. Oh, I th- you're like, if someone's got to be here, it should be me? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, honestly, like it's, it's a good way to know what up and keep tabs and see what's actually going mm-hmm. on. I think, I think he's there, be- and especially knowing that he was an ethics professor for presumably multiple generations of officer that mm-hmm. some of these captains who are out there with them 
mm-hmm. had his ethics class. Yeah, yeah. So that's a whole thing. So we've got McDugan on the Vesta. We've got Captain Kelso on the Heracles, Heracles. right? Yep. And I believe the Pollux is the other one that we know has fired on. Yes. People. So the other two? Mm-hmm. Three? So yeah, so they're they're all split up amongst them. Yeah. Uh we have we have a pretty good idea that one of them is gonna side at with least Sheridan. one, yeah. Yeah. So while they're talking, the Heracles decides to force the issue. One has two thumbs and doesn't give a crap. Bob Kelso, how you doing? The Heracles takes out some Star Furies and they take a big hit as the Vesta sits this out. Captain Kelso promotes the XO. And Mackie talks some shit with a PPG to his head. Yeah, this guy. I was like, oh, he's such a shit. Right. Oh, I knew you really wanted that promotion. Didn't know you wanted it this bad. Yeah. Barf. Don't like this guy. Sheridan tests the waters and the Furies, which is another one of our destroyers, does not engage. He calls them out as a non-combatant. And then the White Star takes some fire from the Vesta until Mac calls in. The crew has Wait, overruled from... the XO. Was it from the Vesta? Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, so the Vesta starts firing and then they're like, no, fuck this. They take out their XO and put Mackie back in. Got it. There's um, so much going on. Yeah. Okay. The Juno withdraws. The Pollux is destroyed. And so now the yeah. only destroyer left against them that hasn't withdrawn effectively joined them or hasn't been destroyed is the Heracles. The Heracles is heavily damaged, and so uh, Sheridan gives them a chance to surrender. Their XO relieves Captain Kelso of duty and surrenders. He invites the five surviving captains over for a meeting, and I will give him credit. This does feel like one. Maybe we didn't need to bring everyone into the office for this meeting. Maybe we could have done this over FaceTime, Uh, and this could have been a Zoom call. But this is probably better as a meeting than an email, and I rarely feel that way. Yeah, no, I feel like you got to bring them in for this one, right? You got to you got to stand while they're all sitting and make them feel bad there's, about themselves. There's no reason to bring everyone into the office, Laura. We've proven no. it's pointless. <laughs> it's to justify the r- prices of real estate as an investment for business owners. That's the only well, reason. But what if they're like treasoning against you? <laughs> I know it's not technically treason, but you know what I mean. You can treason over <laughs> Zoom, Laura. <laughs> well, that's the point. It's easier to treason over Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we brought them all in. I love mm-hmm. it that we get two captains who don't say a word here because <laughs> we didn't want to pay these people for a credit. <laughs> we'll fit you for a uniform, but you're not getting a SAG credit. Right, Which, exactly. honestly, if that was the deal for me in a Babylon 5 reboot, I'll take it in a heartbeat. I mean, yeah, I'll do it, please, <laughs> JMS. <laughs> Can I buy the uniform that I wore, please? I'm taking yeah, it with sure. me. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. I'll pay whatever you want. <laughs> I will eat too much at catering and ruin it, just mustard everywhere, and you're just mm-hmm. going to tell me to take it home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's going to give them a choice. They mm-hmm. can... They can withdraw, they can go protect Proxima, mm-hmm. or they can come with Sheridan to Earth. Join the resistance. Yeah, so either stay out of my way, help me do the defense of Proxima, or help me do some treason. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
the captains do give him some rightful shit here. He is launching a coup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He talks some real bullshit to them about making sure that they're leaving non-humans out of this when they bring up, don't you have the League of Non-Allied Worlds? Why do you care if we join you? Right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's just like, no, no, He. Uh, this is a human conflict. Humans are going to handle this. Coming from the guy who's on a fleet of Mimbari ships staffed by Mimbari, right. uh-huh. there are less humans in this conflict than there are Mimbari right now. Like, if you were to count up right. everyone on all of these ships. Yeah. Awkward. It's not a good look. No. And, and you know, what are the civilians who are back on Earth? Not the civilians on Proxima. They're probably very grateful. But the civilians back on Earth going to see mm-hmm. from this perspective. Alien they're ships invading. See. Yes. Yes. And it doesn't matter that one of our guys is in charge because the propaganda machine has told us that he is crazy. Yeah. He's got a post-Mimbari war syndrome or whatever they called it yeah yeah Mm. Uh, not a good look no the captains say they're going to talk it over we cut over to the zocalo and jakar has that drink with londo he agrees to the joint statement but insists that he's going to sign on a separate page of course of course Naturally. That's what it uh, takes. Where did this drink come from, my dude? <laughs> <laughs> was Valari just sitting there with two drinks? Probably. Like, that checked. I, I mean, did not even think about it. 100% yeah. Malari was sitting there with two drinks. I'm pretty sure his action figure comes with two drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two drinks and six testiculites. <laughs> <laughs> Back on Proxima, the Heracles is removed from the fight, but the rest sign up. Ivanova shares the news on Voice of the Resistance as Garibaldi departs the station for Mars. Finally. Right. (laughs) I feel like Bro's been talking about going to Mars and leaving Babylon 5 for like five episodes now. Like, (laughs) I mean, he's just a dude who's super indecisive and thinks this move is going to change his life for the better because he's finally going to get away from the people that aren't making him happy. You know, uh-huh. everyone I know in that situation has taken forever to actually fucking move if they ever do. Yeah, hmm. that's that's probably real. Yeah, that's really real. Anyways, what did you think of this one, Laura? <laughs> I like this one. Me too. I like Miss. I like Captain Kelso, mm-hmm. even though he's a bad guy. He's very good at bad guy. Yes, he is. <laughs> I like the drama in it. I, this for me, this is a, a four. Uh, same. Maybe four and a half. Yeah. I put okay. it at a four. Yeah. Yeah, no. We're this getting good. Good episode, for sure. This episode does not feel as compressed as the ones around it, which I appreciate. I, mm-hmm. I will try not to judge an episode too harshly, knowing what was going on outside of the show and the circumstances that sure. were going on. Yeah. Uh, specifically for this next batch of episodes, very heavily so. Even with all that, though, this felt like a really solid episode. It was well-paced. It was good. Cool space fights. Always a plus for mm-hmm. me. And uh, everything's moving along real good. Yeah, it's episode. got cool space fights. It's got a lot of like military drama. And then you also get the B-plot drama of just Peter Jurisic just acting the hell out of his scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to come to some sort of common ground. Yeah, Andreas, just like it cut over to his face and just his eyes. His eyes through yeah. contacts. That dude could fucking mm-hmm. act. And, you know, that 
drives so much of Babylon 5, the two of them Mm -hmm. and their drama. And I could watch it all day. You know, just a big super cut of every scene with the two of them (laughs) would be super cool. Somebody with YouTube, get on that. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably already on there. Yeah, probably. Uh, So before I talk about the next episode real quick, I want to make a point of asking for season four recap stuff. Yeah. As this episode airs, we will be right around recording our season four recap episode, which is going to air November 1st. So please make sure you get that stuff into us so that we can send us a letter, your thoughts, a letter. Yeah, I want to know your feelings about season four. I don't want physical mail. But email, whoareup5 at gmail.com. Send me a digital letter, please. Or hop on the Discord and talk to us there. We love all your thoughts on Season 4, and we'll talk about them when we do our Season 4 recap. But before we get there, Season 4, Episode 16, The Exercise of Vital Powers. Garibaldi arrives on Mars to rendezvous with a powerful business leader, and their plans could cost Sheridan his life. Franken and Lita may, must undertake a astonishing mission for Sheridan. They don't... Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Bad episode recap. Uh, it's like it was written by AI. Lita learns she can influence the shadows modified in stasis. Yeah, Franklin and Lita don't leave for that mission They <laughs> in the next episode. <laughs> that's fine. It happens yeah, in two. Yeah. Close enough. I guess they make the decision to leave in that episode. Yeah, I was going to say, they feel like there was talk of it at the end, yeah, right? There's like but a way five to give second, away the end. Right? Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> so, normally we say thank you, but this time we're going to say happy birthday, Jeremy Siegel. Yes, we are. Uh, because we're recording this the day before your birthday. Happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will air after. <laughs> So sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> sorry for not paying attention. You'll get it. Uh, we should go back an episode and because that one actually comes out on his birthday. Anyways, yeah, uh, thank you for our lovely theme music. We do greatly appreciate uh, your contribution to our podcast. Uh, you can find more of Jeremy's work at jeremysegal42.bandcamp.com or on your favorite streaming service as Nuclear Jaguar. August album should be coming out soon, but. If it's delayed because of the move, Jeremy, we totally we understand. understand. We won't hold you to it. Moving is hard. It is. For sure. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> and thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron, for editing our podcast and putting in all of the drops and removing all of the flubs and nonsense and stutters. <laughs> right. And ums. Uh, that was just a bonus all one of for the- us. All of those juicy, <laughs> juicy drops. I know that you've gotten some appreciation for that in the Discord lately. Yes. So congrats. Well earned. <laughs> and thank you, listener, for choosing to spend your hour with Laura and I as we talk about a TV show from 30 years ago. We really appreciate that. <laughs> we appreciate having all of you in our community. You can hop over to the Discord, whoareub 5 at gmail.com. Send us your season four thoughts. And we'll see you next week for the Exercise of Vital Powers. Bye. Bye.